All right. On the podcast today, we have Michael Fitzwater. Uh, he is the COO of Administrative Services and Attendance Director at Calhoun County Schools. Uh, he is located in Mount Zion, West Virginia. Uh, it's a wonderful conversation about coaching philosophy, scheme, uh, what it's like to become an administrator after being a coach. And I know you will love listening to this podcast. Michael Fitzwater. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Coach. Yeah. Um, like, I think all my, almost all of my uh, guests have been, I've connected with them on Twitter. It's like my thing. That's how I network. Um, talk a little bit about social media and like how you used it as a coach or now in your position, in your position now. Yeah, I think uh, you know, that's that's the way we all connect and reach out, um, you know, especially nowadays with students. I mean, social media is a, a way to connect, not with just them, but just everybody. Um, so former teammates, former players, um, just to let them know what's going on in my area. So, I mean, I am a Twitter person, um, not so much Facebook and everything else, but and I live and die on Twitter. Um, and it's a great platform to get out and, and, and get your views out. Yeah, no doubt. I- I just think Facebook becomes like a quagmire, man. I just, I can't, I'm not trying to like bash Facebook. I just, I, I people tell me stuff that's on there. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I can't, you can't mute. It's like, you can't really block. It's just crazy. It, yeah. Facebook's just, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's not for me. I don't care what John Doe fixes for dinner. Like I, I stuff I, I don't need to know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the mute block on Twitter is the best thing ever. You know, if somebody's like, okay, man, that's enough, you know, like, <laughs> Um, which is great. You know, we all have our opinions, but you know, it's sometimes we don't want to hear them. Um, so coach, talk a little bit about your background and kind of, you know, how you started in education and, and where you are now, if you don't mind. Yeah, I uh, sure will. So I started, uh, back at Glenville, you know, I, I played football at Glenville state, played for Paul Schaffner, then Adam Filler, of course, uh, when he came, um, and, and it was an education field. Um, and I got done playing at Glenville and coach Filler, um, gave me the opportunity to coach, and uh, I was like, "Well, this could be interesting." So I did that um, for s- several years, and uh, you know, in, in the back of my head, and every every guy's head in, in, in that D two world, like you know, this is what I want to do. I, college football is where I, you know I want to stay in college football. I was just fine until you you know get there and the pace not the greatest, and your girlfriend slash fiance is like. Uh, you spend too much time, you know, with football, um, coaching, and, the, you know, you tell you, you tell yourself there's an offseason, which there's not an offseason because you, you, you go straight to recruiting and traveling. And uh, so about um, 2011, um, the spring of 2010, um, I told Coach Fuller, I think I'm done. Um, I had an opportunity to come back to Calhoun. They had a teaching position open, uh, and one of the former alumni contacted me. And the head coach was still in place, but um, he was only going to do it for one more year. So I, I joined that staff. Then the following year, I, I took over the uh, head coaching job at Calhoun. Did that for a while while still taught. And I was working on my master's in education leadership. And about three or four years into coaching, uh, you know, a job came open for the, the administrative world and uh, to be a principal. And I wasn't going to bid on it. I had no desire in being a principal. I just, at that time, didn't want to do it. I um, really enjoyed coaching, really enjoyed teaching. Thought that was my, my passion to do. Well, nobody bid on a job, and 
they couldn't get anybody to do it. So they, they come and asked me to apply for it. But the downfall was for, for our school system to be assistant principal AD, I'd have to give up coaching. Mm. So I was like, Ooh, all right, it's tough. So I go home to my wife um, and I was like, man, this is like, we finally got this team turned around. We finally, you know, we took over a program that was like one and nine, you know, we, we see it on the wall. Like, you know, this is our chance to turn the corner. And we worked really hard to build this up to get them to where we're at. And she goes, well, what do you think? I was like, I just don't know. And we sat down and talked. Of course, I, I, at that time, I had a daughter, and, and my boys weren't quite born yet. And she was getting ready to start middle school. And I was like, well, she's going to be playing volleyball. So football and volleyball season coincide. So I was like, you know what? I'll just shut it down. So I shut it down, got the admin world, and, of course, did that for two or three years and worked my way up to the uh, central office. But um, had a couple chances to jump back in it here, just haven't dove back into it. So kind of wait for my daughter to graduate high school because she likes volleyball and plays volleyball. So I don't want to miss any of her games for something I want to do for fun. Mm-hmm. So, But we'll get back into it eventually. That's awesome, man. That's a, you're a good dad. That's that's awesome <laughs> to hear. Um that's so cool. What years? What years did you play at Glenville? So I was there from uh, 02 to 05 as, as a player. 02 to 05. Yeah. Okay. I just when I was at Liberty, we played Glenville. I think in 2000. Golly, that would have been like 2006 and 2007, maybe. I was there. I was there on staff. Yeah. Were you? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I was the. Well, excuse me. Back. I was the left tackle in 2008. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Were you on the staff then? Yeah, I yeah I was coaching running backs in 2008. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you watched any scout film, you would have seen a <laughs> short, very average left tackle for Liberty. Um, I was, Listen, that's that's, uh, that, that's uh, one of the reasons I had an opportunity to leave Glenville sooner, but we had a tailback come in by the name of Jerry Seymour. Um, oh, I know him. Yeah, you know, yeah, Jerry was phenomenal. So when people see my resume, they see all American, you know, running back, but. I had nothing to do sure. though. Jerry was phenomenal. I mean, he he was great to great to coach, but yeah. Coach, you want me to <laughs> he make kept this, me around <laughs> a little longer. You want me to make this world even smaller, Coach? I played against Jerry Seymour in high school. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's insane. So he went to he went to Monsignor Pace. Yes. Right. Then he went to Central Michigan. Correct. And I played at Trinity Christian. So we played. I played against him when he was a senior. Um, then they came to our place and played. Um, at Trinity when I was yeah. a, when I was a senior. So I played him as a junior. So we played pace twice. Um, they, they beat us down at, at pace and then we beat them at home. So the world keeps getting smaller coach. This uh, is wild. Hey. That's cool, man. You ever been to Miami, my senior pace? No, I haven't. No, I have not been down there. That's a cool place, man. It's like, it's a Catholic school in the middle of like a kind of a rougher neighborhood from what I remember. Um, yeah. But man, they were good. Golly, they were good. They were uh, definitely good. I seen some of uh, I seen some of his highlight films. Of course, all the ones from Central Michigan. Yeah, they, 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 they had a good team. Oh, no doubt, Coach. So, when you were the the, the head man in charge, talk about like your what's, what was like your program philosophy? Like, what did you believe in? Like, what were things you hung your hat on? Those types of things. Yeah, so it's uh, when I came in my my first year as head coach, you know, I had this 
huge offensive binder and huge defensive binder mm-hmm. of plays because that's what I knew. I mean, at Glenville, you know, we had this massive playbook and I trimmed it down. I was like, you know what, we're going to do this. We're going to run the four, three, we're going to run a zone offense. We're going to make this work. My first year was a struggle. And I was like, this is, I, I said, we got to change some things. Um, you know, I, I want to hate, of course, Calvin football in the past has been I formation pro, you know, ISO power, ISO power. And I was like, you know, I talked to Coach Fiddler. Um, of course, he had great success at Moorfield, and I went back and forth with him. And I ran my zone, stuck to my stuck to it. Um, but as you know, as an offensive lineman, um, it was hard to teach my big guys zone blocking when their footwork's terrible and they just weren't very mobile. Mm-hmm. And I don't get and I we didn't get a lot of time to watch film, to prep, to do all that stuff in high school athletics as much as I wanted to. You know, I wasn't getting that one-on-one time like I did at Glenville with my with my players in film session. So um, year two, year three, we simplified it. And um, this sounds ridiculous, but our philosophy was simple, stupid. Yeah, we wanted to make the game of football so simple, all they had to do was react, you know. Yeah. You know, we tell them exactly where to go. We tell them exactly what to do. You know, it was, you know, we – we we limited all the, the guests working out of it. Um, so, you know, the, my whole philosophy changed to where I st- my first year I was 100% shotgun. And then my last year we was running the, the veer, you know, because that's what okay. my, that's what my players at the time tailored to more. You know, I had two sure. decent running backs. I had an athletic quarterback and I had a decent receiver. So, you know, we went from 100% zone to, you know, what, my guys aren't zone guys, so let's 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 punt and find out what's best for my players. And at that time, that was the veer, mm-hmm. and it worked well for us. That's awesome, man. I, I like guys. I don't know if people understand, like you know, guys that just stay in the college world or just stay in the pro world. Like in high school, like we don't really have meeting time, right? right. Like you know what I mean? Because if you d- take meeting time, you're cutting practice time, and you know it's just. Like we don't have, I mean, you don't have like individual position meetings usually. Um, so it's like, you got to do something that, first of all, your personnel changes pretty regularly. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like in, in college, you could be like, Hey, I need a Jerry Seymour. Someone go recruit him. Like, you know exactly what I mean? right. Yeah. You should go get one. Yeah. In high school, you're like, uh, I got the hallway, you yeah. know, and I got to make what we have work, you know? Um, so I mean, cause that's awesome. I, like I've, I've, I really, think highly i think highly of you anyway but i think even more highly because you took what you had and you molded it like if you molded your scheme to that like i think yeah. that's that's super impressive that you were like humble enough to do that and i think that's that's awesome um you talked about defense you but you like four three like has that changed like what's something you you believe in there yeah so that that changed a little bit um you know it, again it goes back to the same philosophy of offense I, I didn't have the personnel at the time to do that, um, so we kind of alternated between four three and four four. Um, not a huge difference, but there, schematically it is. Um, and I went back to the um, Shepherd approach. Um, when I was at Glenville, mm-hmm. we everybody everybody knew Shepherd was going to run a four four cover three, um, and they weren't really going to adjust, but they just did it better than everybody else. They were just good yeah. at it. So I was like, you know what? Let's do this four four. Let's just get this this repetition. Um, and let, let's just get good at what we do. 
um, you know, gap control, responsibility. Let's just do this. And and I was my my big preach was, you know, practice doesn't make perfect. Let's do it right. Like perfect practice makes perfect. So let's let's make mm. sure we're doing it right. Let's no assignments. Let's talk. Let's communicate. Um, I took a group of players to watch Glenville spring practice, and it's like, listen, you know, defense. You got got you got to talk. You got to communicate. You can't be silent. Like it's, you guys got to be vocal. Then year three, four, we started getting some better athletes coming out finally. Um, so we went back and forth between an odd and a four-four just to throw a little bit of confusion. We had the skill pack to do it. We had the big guys to do it. So just to mess with some offenses, we, we will jump back and forth between an odd and a four-four just to confuse. The same principles, but you know, you know. Just, just just schematically to mess with some offenses, we we, we would jump back and forth when odd in a in a four four. That's awesome, man. I, I think that those kind of small things I think make a difference. I mean, I know to me and you, it's like that's nothing, but like to a sixteen year old, you know, hundred eighty pound guard, like that makes a big deal. You, I mean, that's a big deal. Do you think that's true? That's that you, to me it is because you know just like you know when we played at college, when I played receiver. You know, when the defense was on the field, we sat down with a position coach and offense coordinator, and we went over, you know, changes. Well, how many high schools have that opportunity? I mean, most of them roll in <laughs> the same 11 people. You play offense, yep. you play defense, you play special teams. The only adjustments you have are timeouts and halftime. So yep. if you can confuse kids, you know, and, and flip-flop your, your defenses in, in mid-drive, you know, mm-hmm. to me, you know that, that's a game-changer because there's no time to make adjustments in the middle of a game except for small period of times. Yeah, no doubt. Um, to transition here a little bit, talk about like a lot of, I think a lot of coaches look at, you know, like administration that like you were talking about, like, Hey, it may be something I want to get into. Like I have my, I have my master's in that leadership. Like I'm certified to be a right. principal. I just, I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. So talk about like that transition. Like, is it something that you've enjoyed? Obviously you've moved up to the board office. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a big shot, you know? <laughs> Uh, I, you know, I can see the, obviously the guys and the people listening to the podcast won't see the video, but I just, right. you're a big shot. I can tell uh, you got a big calendar behind you. Um, you had a great looking Keurig machine here on the, in the, yeah, I got I my like coffee. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so, but like, talk about that transition, like, and talk to guy if you don't mind, like talk to guys who are maybe thinking about that. Like yeah. you, you, you talked about it earlier, but like maybe, you know, getting to it or, you know, why the why and why not to get into administration. So it, my whole purpose, you know, in education was to help my community. Um, and, and I thought as a coach, I could, you know, help enough guys to become men. Um, and I've, I've had many opportunities to leave Calhoun and chose not to. And the, the, the opportunity to be a principal and AD came about. And I tell people all the time, when I was a head football coach, all I focused on and cared about was my sport. Um, you know, I supported the other sports. I wanted the kids to play other sports, but my main concern was football. And when I wake up admin and uh, athletic director, my focus had to get a little bit bigger. Um, and it gave me a different perspective because, you know, in, in, in West Virginia especially, you know, we all have to work together because there's, you know, there's not too many five-star guys walking out just playing football or just playing basketball. And we all yeah. we, we have to work together to make sure, you know, we're using the same resources. You know, we're, we're working together financially, um, fundraising, you know, to achieve the same goal. So, you know, I, we, we partnered with, you know, 
our, our guy sports and female sports, you know, to accomplish these goals. You know, what, you know, what, what's our goals? You know, you know, we, you know, new gym floor, new weight room, mm-hmm. you know, upgrade football facilities, upgrade baseball, softball facilities, um, different challenge. Um, you know, uh, AD was, I thought I wanted to be an athletic director the whole time. Um, dove in that for three or four years and realized that it made me hate athletics. Um, oh, geez. <laughs> it, and it's just time consuming. Um, you know, you get to work at seven, you, you and then you got ball game, you're there till midnight. And, and, and of course, I, I, I did enjoy it. I, uh, I enjoyed the camaraderie with the coaches and other athletic directors, but it wore on me, it wore on my family. I'm just never seeing them. Um, and, and, and did that. And, it sounds crazy, but I love to fundraise. So that's one of the reasons I, okay. I dove I dove into that athletic director world. I love to fundraise. And I love to to meet people. Um, you know, we show them what their money's going to. Um, mm-hmm. Our big donors, um, it, it's like anything else. If you give me so much money, we'll, we'll plaster your name everywhere. You sure. know, and, and, and that's how that's worked. Um, I got a new gym floor. Uh, because I could put a logo on it. You know, I called uh, Parkersburg and I was like, hey, can I put a logo of a fundraiser on my gym floor? It's like, we can't tell you no because our gym floor says Friends of Colt for the state basketball oh, tournament. Oh, okay. Okay. So I was like, all right, sweet. <laughs> so, you know, I called a local bank and local hospital and said, hey, I'll put your logo on my gym floor for the right amount of money. So, you know. Yeah. And I got a weight room, you know, brand new, you know, new weights. Yeah, you, you know, we'll plaster your, you know, your logo everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some, there's some places I'll let you coach and do admin. Um, at, at the time, I wish that was feasible, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I'd have probably done both. Sure. Um, but do I regret it? I don't. Um, I get a little bit more family time. Um, sure. You know, I, I thought I was going to hate it, but I, the Friday. Saturday morning. I really enjoy Saturday morning for the first time in a long time. <laughs> yeah, know, no uh, doubt. Jeez. There wasn't that, you know, pain of a loss or even a win. And I got it. Got to break down Clay County. Got to break down Gilmer. Yeah. You know, moving mm-hmm. forward. Um, you know, but I, I'm still connected. I, I'm on huddle. Um, I, I still watch film and I still give insight to the coaches. But, you know, there's not that pressure of just, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning doing it all over again. So. No doubt. You talked about having a huddle, man. Like I was talking to a coach the other day, like I should start a black market huddle deal. Cause I, I asked for film from everybody. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, yeah. I need some tape. I needed some, some ideas. You know, I think that's one of those things that as a coach, like the coaching community is very open to that. And it's, it's, it, to me, it's a game changer huddle was like you said, everybody can change film. And that's the only way you learn is, is by seeing what other people do and what's working for them. But I yeah. can remember, when we, when I was coaching, we was playing Liberty, you know, meeting your film guy, you know, four o'clock in the morning to change film, you know, that, that stuff's not fun, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we used yeah. to send stuff on like a Greyhound bus when I was in yeah. Florida, you know, and then you have to like wait on the coach would go get it. And then you'd have like the DVD in your box. Yeah. Uh, Huddle has completely changed that. It's awesome. Yeah. It's such a game changer. Um, love the way you can break it down, leave notes and all that stuff and check mm-hmm. on guys, see if they're actually watching film. So it, yeah, huddle has been a lifesaver for a lot of coaches. Oh, no doubt, man. It's, 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 it's so good. So talk a little bit about, you know, your, your role now and, you know, how like maybe coaching has helped you 
uh, in what you're in your what you're doing now as a big shot for Calhoun <laughs> County Schools. So when, when when people ask me my philosophy in being the boss or in charge of someone, I see. I said I always translate to things athletics because that's just who I am. I'm an athletic person. I'm a coach. And I said, it, it's kind of like being a head coach. You know, I have my uh, my coordinators, my position coaches, um, and I um, give them the task, and I don't micromanage anybody. I just don't believe in it. You know, go do your thing, um, just, you know, and I tell you what I want done, I, and, and they go do it. And if something happens, um, then I'll get on to them and, and correct it. Um, when I was – I take this pr- – approach from Paul Schaffner, um, who was my first coach at Glenville, mm-hmm. and he worked with Joe Paterno at Penn State. Oh, geez. Yeah. So and he said that when he was at Penn State, if a player messed up, Joe Paterno would never yell at the player. He would yell at the position coach because it, it was the position coach's job to fix it or correct it. So, um, you know, that, that, that's always been my approach, even as head coach, I, I, you know, it, with my offense coordinator, defense coordinators, and, and, and now working my way up to this level. So, um, you, you know, I kind of roll as the head coach. I give everybody, you know, I let everybody do their thing, make, the, make their own play calls. You know, they know what to do. Like, my mechanics know way more about being a mechanic than I ever will. So sure. I just kind of let them do their thing just as long mm-hmm. as they get things done. Yeah, no doubt, man. That's good. I you know, I'm, I'm always looking for like leadership nuggets, you know, um, that's awesome. That's a really, really good one. So as we, as we land the plane here, talk a little bit about, bit about like it, some advice you would give to like a young guy looking to get into education. So like, what are some things that like you wish you knew as a young guy that you know, that you know now? Well, you know, Again, I'll go back to the athletic world. It taught me so much. You know, there's 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 no injustice. I mean, playing sports, team sports, prepare you so much for life. And also, while I was at Glenville, we had a coach by the name of Ernie Persley, who was an All-American at Wake Forest way back in the day. Mm. And he said that uh, the, the biggest thing I ever took from a coach or coach was from him. And he said, you can't treat everybody or every situation the same. Because it's mm. not. It is not. You know, some 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 you got to – some you can grab the face mask or in the hallways, yeah, point your finger out, screaming yell. Some, you know, like they can't handle that. Some of them you got to pat them and say, you know what, maybe next time. You know, mm-hmm. it, so as a teacher, as a coach, you know which ones can handle the pressure. You know which ones can't. Um, you can't treat every um, incident the same. You know, that, that was hard for me as an administrator to tell teachers sometimes when I discipline them. Well, the matrix says this. Well, the matrix doesn't always work. You know? Right. You have to know the kid. You have to know the situation. Um, and, and you have to treat everybody different. Every situation is not the same. Every kid is not the same. Um, and when I always tell people, this is my philosophy, but that's just, just the way it is. Like, I'll go back to Jerry. I said, Jerry got different treatment than everybody else. It is what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I'm not going to lie because he was our best player by far. So right. did he get special treatment over my backup tailback and my third string tailback? Absolutely. You know, but it is what it is. <laughs> You know, yeah. but every situation is different. Every kid's different. They come from some come from poverty, some come from rich people, rich families. So you got to treat every situation differently. You can't, you can't, you can't give a, a broad matrix that covers everything because it just doesn't. That's awesome, man. I was thinking about when you said that. I thought about uh, like Jimmy Johnson said something that effect about uh, Emmett Smith. Like 
you know, like if Emmett Smith falls asleep in a meeting, what do you do? I ask him politely, Mr. Smith, will you please wake up? But if your backup tight end falls asleep, you're like ripping his rear end. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, a different, a different world. Yeah. It's definitely different, you know, and there's, I don't sugarcoat it. And it, I tell people that all the time. It is what it is. So, I mean, everybody's not going to get the same opportunities. Um, and I, and I, at times, I think we fail kids with that um, in school systems anymore. Um, you know, summer, it's just a different situation for everybody. That's awesome, man. Coach, I really appreciate you coming on. This is awesome. I love your wisdom. Thank you for, for joining the podcast this morning. Thank you. I enjoy listening to your podcast. It's, I love it. Awesome, man. Have a good day, my friend. You too. Thank you so much.